I'm Ann Westby-Lamer, and I'm an old crazy runner. Welcome to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. This is Fundy, the craziest of the crazy runners, and I've got my cousin Nicholas, the oldest of the crazy runners. And you're going to want to stick around today when we talk with Ann Westby-Lamer, high school, state, and collegiate champion. Be sure to take a moment to rate and review the podcast, and as always, share it with your friends. That's how we get more listeners and more crazy people joining the Strava Run Club. And today we saw member Nate Woodcock of the Strava Run Club post a great race. It was called One Mile at a Time. I like this race. It's for the, uh, it's like Big's Backyard, but you can quit earlier. So One Mile at a Time rules simple. Uh, every 15 minutes, you got to run a mile. And as long as you can get back up there within 15 minutes and keep running, you keep adding to your total. And he went 15 hours and 62 miles. And a hell of a lot longer than I think I would have made it. I hope he had a huge glass of beer afterwards. Those were a lot of miles. Uh, and I did see that he's a wears a Garmin, so that's good. That probably helped him get at, le- at least an extra three miles. One thing that I couldn't see is what shoes he was wearing, but I hope he was wearing Brooks. And I saw some news in the New York Times about Brooks, and it's not shoe-related. Okay. Okay, so Jim Weber has been the CEO of Brooks Running for a couple decades and unfortunately got cancer. Um, He can't run anymore, even though he's a lifelong runner, but he's still walking laps around the Brooks headquarters. But in this New York Times episode, there were a couple really cool things about his history at Brooks. So when he took over, uh, it was almost bankrupt. So he uh, he helped bring it back from bankruptcy. And Brooks used to be a subsidiary of a company that I find hilarious. All right. Well, I did not know that that was part of the evolution of the shoe company itself, but who were they a subsidiary of? Fruit of the Loom. Wow. <laughs> hmm. Would have missed that one on trivia night. Totally would have missed that <laughs> one. Um, but it, part of that is he brought on investors and he... Brooks is actually a part of the Bookshire Hathaway conglomerate owned by Warren Buffett. That is a massive company. That is much larger than Fruit of the Loom. Much larger than Fruit of the Loom. So I feel like since we always run in Brooks, we're probably basically shareholders. I would like to think that I've got a fraction of a fraction of a fraction <laughs> of a s- one share of, of one of those stocks. That, that would still be all right. I would, I would hold on to that. Other big news, uh, Boston Marathon is coming up, and Sam Royker, a nurse, she is going to run the marathon in her scrubs. Okay. And she also has a PR of 229. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I would imagine scrubs would be pretty comfortable to run in. I mean, it may be a little, it would be hot for me. Oh, well, to back up, so her PR is 229. She hasn't run in the scrubs yet, so we'll be able to see the difference, the delta, the scrub delta, shall yeah. we say. I bet if she's been training as she did before, it's not going to have that much of an impact. Probably not. Now, speaking of marathons, I saw a post about uh, wishing a happy 111th birthday to Faja Singh. Okay. Are you are you familiar with Fasha Singh? I am not. Please educate. I wasn't either. He is the world's oldest marathoner. Wait, wait, he ran a marathon? He has yeah. So he ran his first marathon when he was eighty one. Late bloomer. Late bloomer, and he went on to break records all around the world and became the first person over 100 to complete the grueling long-distance race, the marathon. And uh, he is still out there running, still doing his thing at 111 years old. So there's no reason why we can't just have that as our goal as well. Well, I keep saying I want to still be running when I'm 100, and people laugh at me, but Faja Singh is just doing it. Yeah. 
Faja Singh keeps going. That's the comic book. They got a story about him. We got to check that out. Oh, man. Oh, big news. Another stroller Guinness Book world record has been broken. How many stroller records can you have? I mean, I don't mean like winning. I, mean, I don't know. That is crazy. So which one has been broken now? We had a 5K recently, right? We did. Okay, so this, this record will give you a clue as to how many world records can there be. So this dad ran a half marathon pushing a stroller. His half marathon time was two hours and 19 minutes. And you're like, wait, that's slow compared to some of the other stroller records we know. He was right. pushing five kids in a single stroller. It, hold on a second. Five kids all in one stroller. Now, is this like a five-pack well, stroller? It's, it's, or were there, is okay. there one kid in the stroller and four holding on to your life? <laughs> so, I, okay. All I'm I imagine when you said that, all I imagine when you said that is those uh, photos you see of the families in Asia where there's like the whole family is hanging off the, the scooter. Like, uh, like exactly. they got seven people on one scooter. That would have been beautiful, and I'm sure that you could convince Guinness to have a different world record, but no, it was a specially built stroller where it's basically five kids in a row. So it's like a, it's a stroller with five seats and a whole lot of wheels in a row. And he pushed that whole thing. I cannot imagine it corners very well. I hope it was, hope it was a pretty straight course. Okay. I was thinking like a three and two. Kind of a little bit of a stagger, giving it some sort of not, but five, five wide. No, five straight ahead. Like trying to guide a noodle. I know. It's five straight ahead. It's five straight in a row. Which five wide would be tough, man. You could it'd hard to be hard to pass somebody. So, there's <laughs> so many problems with that. But the five straight ahead can't be good too. Five five kids in the same and he ran a two twenty nine half marathon, which is a respectable time on two nineteen. Two nineteen. Okay, solid so this time. is Chad Kempel. And here's the bonus. They're quintuplets, so they're all basically the same weight too. Right. Well, that would have been better, actually. Well, there's two, two sides to that. So one, uh, you wouldn't have the range of, of ages and sizes. But depending on how old they are, you might have five kids that had to take a potty break all at the same time. And that would suck. So was this the yeah, uh, Provo look, Half Marathon? What, what, what uh, city in Utah did this guy run in? Uh, this was... Uh, no, this was in the Oakland Marathon, Oakland, California. Be surprised. So our guest today is no stranger to running and pushing a stroller. And uh, while she was creative in how she went about it, wasn't nearly as creative as the uh, rocket man there with the five kids. Ann Westby Lamer has been running since she was in the sixth grade. And for 30 years now, she's been putting in some amazing statistics. She set a ton of school records, set college records, and now she is coaching cross-country at Crescent Valley High School in Oregon and loves showing her high school kids the joy of, of trail running and the joys of getting out there and just running, being in nature, and learning how much running gives back to you. This is a great conversation. Let's get to it. And welcome to the podcast, and also as a fellow person living in Oregon. Thanks. I'm so excited and humbled to be here. Well, I love the fact because, you know, when I look at your runs on Strava, I know basically where they are, which is always awesome because we have a lot of people in the Strava Run Club that are on the East Coast. I have no idea. They could be in Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C. It's all the same to me. Yeah, I'm I kind of in the same way. I was stalking you guys. and. Seeing, you know, where you like to go do all your runs and um, yeah, it's fun. And it's fun to just see runs from people all across the country and the world, honestly, on Strava. So it, that's been one of my most favorite things since joining Strava. I still say that my, my favorite ones are the ones that uh, are referees at soccer games that wear and have the Strava <laughs> on. That, that, those are some great maps. Yeah. 
those are uh, uh, only second to the people that wear their, do their Strava when they're doing Zumba. Oh, it's just like a that. bunch of squiggly lines all over the place. It's hilarious. I bet those refs probably get in a lot of miles. I imagine so. But uh, it's not the way that I would want to put my miles in. That's that's for sure. I'd want to. I like stretching it out, seeing a few things. I, I kind of like the way that I golf. I want to make sure I see everything. I go go everywhere. Yeah. Just I'm just glad people are out there moving. But um, you know what I really love to see on Strava is like people that run by castles, you know, over across the Atlantic, and it's just so amazing to me that you could just go for a run and and run by all these castles and, you know, anything from fences that were built thousands of years ago, or, you know, I, that's been something I've really enjoyed is running all across the world. Yeah. Especially where we live, where like, if something's old, it means that it's like 80 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Except for my um, giant trees. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've been around Mm -hmm. for a little while. So, Tell us a little bit about how you got into running. You mentioned that you've been running for quite a while. Uh, the sixth and grade. still at it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I have been a lifelong runner. I think, you know, probably like a lot of us, maybe it was even first or second grade just running around on the playground, realizing, you know, I could run with the best of them and outrun playing kiss and catch with those boys and not getting caught. So that's probably when I first was like, okay, I can run. And then um, I did not come from an athletically minded family. We were, you know, my dad was a professor and, you know, my brothers and sisters were debaters and, um, you know, academics was really important. And so I really didn't even know there was such thing as athletic running until sixth grade. So you mentioned professor and debaters, and that sounds like a very East Coast thing. Well, actually, my mom and dad both grew up in Los Angeles, but then they moved to South Dakota in 1973. So, you know, I was born in 1971. So all of my memories, my childhood memories were in South Dakota. Gotcha. So, but it was definitely a tricky place for them to live, just having grown up on the West Coast and then kind of being thrown into the Midwest, but they made it home. So... I can imagine trying to uh, convince your dad you hadn't snuck out that professor debater combo would be a pretty <laughs> daunting challenge in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, I was a pretty good girl really all growing up through, through high school and college even. And I hear you guys talk about beer miles, you know, it never did a beer mile. I, um, so yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of sneaking out, but um it would have been easy out on those the plains of South Dakota to just. <laughs> yeah, but not much reason to sneak out. <laughs> but not much to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. So I got two things. One, I want to clarify: we, Funny and I, officially have not even attempted, let alone completed, a beer mile. We we have yeah. to we have to schedule. I'm scared. That. I'm just impressed by it. Yeah. I see. You just like to hear other people's stories. Oh, we're going yeah. to do it now that we've heard about it. It's just it's shocking that we've gone. I don't this even. Long it just makes we... me want to puke thinking about it. Yeah, well, I'll try that one. All right, you. sounds good. Okay. And I, I'd be something I'd be I, I do like the idea that uh, sneaking out in South Dakota is kind of like why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Where so are you cold go? and windy. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 So I lo- I'd love to hear the conversation of the, uh, the two high school kids. Hey, do you want to sneak out? Yeah, what do you want to do? I don't know. We could go sit in the field. What else is there to do? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> And I apologize to all my South Dakota friends and runners. And uh, yeah, we got out in the worst of weather and the best of weather and, you know, got those miles in. But but yeah, it's uh, it's a different type of running out here compared to there. That's for sure. So you really started to embrace running. How did you take that step where you mentioned you wanted to be uh, just win and be the best, but you came from, you know, that wasn't necessarily what your family influence was. So how did that come out in you? Yeah, you know, then in sixth grade, our middle school had something called interest where you got to pick lunch was divided into two different periods. And one of your one of those periods, you would get to pick an interest. And um, so cross country was one of those where it was just kids would just go and change into running clothes and run for, you know, half an hour and then come back in for lunch. So I actually signed up for that. And um, 
I see, you know, there, there was never any races involved. It was just going out and going for a run around town. But, you know, I, I'm a pretty competitive person by nature. And so I turned every single one of those into a race, you know, and um, again, just knew I was, I could really, I could win pretty easily. And so I was really looking forward to, then I learned about seventh grade had track. And um, so I was really excited just to kind of put myself out there and stand out and be, you know, uh, I think I knew running was one thing that, that could help me like just have a name for myself. And, um, and I, you know, like South Dakota is a small state, so it's pretty easy to, to get your name out there and, and to be known. And so starting in seventh grade track, I, you know, ran hard and did well. And then um, in South Dakota, actually, you can run varsity as a seventh or eighth grader. Because there's just not enough people. Right. Just to fill teams. So uh, I'm trying to think. So in the so you're in seventh grade, so that's like uh, 1983, 84, probably. What's the population of South Dakota at that oh my time? Gosh. I mean, the whole state. Yeah, it was probably six hundred thousand, maybe even less. Yeah, it may have been <laughs> less. I I mean, the town I was from, Brookings, is like the fifth biggest town at twenty plus thousand people as well. I mean, it's really a small state and you just really get to know everyone. And um, so, um, but then, yeah, so I went out for, I got to run varsity cross country as an eighth grader and, and just took off from there and had great friends and a lot of fun running cross country all through my high school years there. So I have a, a question before we leave um, uh, our discussion of grade school. So recently we interviewed somebody uh, talking about um, you know, exercise and, and, uh, everyday PE and calisthenics and stuff. And so I did kind of an informal quiz on Facebook about people's kids now. And the vast majority of people said that their elementary school kids get one, maybe two hours of PE a week. So, uh, I think that it would be a net positive if we just made all kids go running uh, for one period every single day. Get your thoughts on that. I completely agree. You know, actually, I worked at a um, elementary school, and you know, getting I I ran a little running club that we would could run during recess. You know, play, and actually, it was a lot of um, it involved actually a lot of just running games. You know, instead of making kids going out and running these circles just to have have some games involved, and I mean, it was just so much fun, and you know them racing me because I would just run in with them and you know when kids have an adult involved and yeah it was so much fun and I just think it's so important too and I think it helps kids with their academics in school that's just getting out and moving their bodies and and learning a healthy lifestyle too I can't agree with you more well and, and you had that experience as well I mean when you went out and ran I mean what was the rest of your day like when that was a part of the middle of your day of going out and, and putting that exercise in, I mean, how much more focused were you following up on that? Yeah. I mean, it, it just helped me so much. And I, you know, I was a, I'm a good student. Like I worked hard at my grades and wanted good grades and getting to go out and run and release, you know, it just, and then you can come back in and after eat lunch and buckle back down again. I just think it, it can help everyone, no matter what pace or just kids need, just need to get moving. So you were running cross country as a or high school cross country as an eighth grader, uh, what like the three k, five k, fifteen? Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, it was three k back then, and um, it moved up to four k my senior year in high school. But my coach, he never told us. Like I don't know, you know, before the days of the internet. So I we had no idea that they moved it from three k to four k. And he just threw us into the cross country races, and we're like, "You couldn't believe our times were so slow, and it felt so yeah. long." He didn't tell you. He didn't like, tell you you're running farther. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, well, I mean, he he was the old school coach. You know, he would we'd run out to the golf course. He would drive there and stand at the top of the you know the little hill and uh, just watch us run all of our repeats. And 
Well, I, I, I'm going to say that's a pretty good coaching tactic. If you go out running a 3K pace, but you end up running a 4K, that's going to be a pretty solid time for 4K. Yeah, I know. Actually, I do have to give him some credit. We weren't very happy at the time, but now looking back, got to give him some credit on and, that. And I got to add in now that I've started to run a little bit of distance. If you were to say to me, we're, we're going to run one more K, I'd be like, so? <laughs> so? <laughs> it's the True. same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean now like 3K is so short for yeah. for cross country honestly. It's, yeah. It was way too short, but again, in South Dakota just to get the numbers out, kids usually did multiple sports in the same season, so you know, they were playing basketball at the same mm-hmm. time, so kids couldn't really run a, you know, you kind of have to train for 4Ks and 5Ks where anyone any teenager can go out and run a 3K. So I think that was a lot behind it just keeping those numbers out. So uh, your high school coach is better than mine. So we had a, I was on the uh, freshman basketball B team, which <laughs> um, not a stellar group of athletes. And we had one game and we're playing and we are just getting our asses kicked. I mean, it's like, it's horrible. We're, it, you know, at halftime, the score is like, I don't know, 35 to seven or something like that. And then at the end of the game, we discovered that uh, that school didn't have a freshman B team. They had a, a JV B team. So as the freshman B team, which is basically a bunch of kids that can't play basketball except for maybe two, are playing the other school's JV B team and just get it. It was horrible. Yeah, that's not learning. fair. That was not fair. It was a learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I learned that I sucked at basketball and did not play the following year. That was a learning experience. I'm surprised we wouldn't have had a B team as freshmen. They'd be. We were lucky to get five guys to show up to play field A team for the freshmen. It was not oh, that geez. often. So, uh, oh man, the trials and tribulations of high school sports. I had a great group of friends though, and um, that made up my friend friend group in high school, and you know we just. We had a lot of fun training. We trained hard, but we, we had so much fun too. I think I mentioned we we went used to call them rebel runs. But I mean, really, this is like in the late eighties and I mean it would be it would consist of like going into this little uh treed area, taking off our shirts and just running in our bras. Like that was a rebel run back then. Or we um we wore tights without shorts over the top, right? things like that. That was just wasn't happening in, in South Dakota at the time. And uh, for, for everybody out there listening that is uh, younger than us, this was pre-sports bra. It was the very beginning was it, of sports It was the bra, first sports bra? Probably not yeah, the best yeah. quality, though. No, and the first <laughs> tights, too. I mean, really, oh, tights yeah. weren't much of a thing before that either. So, yeah. Um, yeah well, thank, it, thank it you, Gene Simmons. Freeing. <laughs> for bringing tights to us we uh my senior year and just to date myself that was 88 uh for the track team we wanted to wear uh the colorful tights and you two will appreciate this probably more people than i want to admit to we had to go to the jazzercise store to find yeah, you did what would now just be running tights you'd get off of amazon and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we looked a little odd walking in there, uh, probably more so, odd walking out, but that's all right. I have a question regarding <laughs> that shopping experience, Nicholas. Yeah. So the saleswoman that helped you buy those tights, how big was her hair? Uh, <laughs> I would imagine it was quite large and quite a bit of hairspray was used in that There's, situation. You know, <laughs> Jansen Beach Mall just, you know, constantly had a, an aroma of hairspray just because of... <laughs> where it was and the time frame. It, I honestly, I, I was almost, I was pretty mortified. I don't remember a whole oh, of lot course. of moment yeah. other than pick the craziest ones you could find by them and get out and just run. That was it. Well, I, oh, I want to fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, you talk about running, you know, the high school experience cross country, but now you're, you've really transitioned to a different type and, and what's important to you. And you mentioned, um, you know, getting out on the trail, not feeling the need to compete in a race. So, wh- you know, where have you come from those time days in high school to where you are now? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think along with making yourself stand out, um, comes a, a lot of pressure comes along with it. And, you know, with my personality type, which is a lot of long distance runners personality types, it's about 
always wanting to be the best, not wanting to disappoint anyone, you know, being a real pleaser. And um, it became in, in South Dakota, not just if I won, but if I broke a record and things like that, you know, where it just started. And I always loved running and I loved my friends and running with my friends, but I was starting to feel this extra pressure about um, always winning and winning by a lot, you know? And um, so I did that. I ran through college and, you know, competed hard and had great experiences. But then um, once, you know, once I was done with college and I started having, having lots of babies and I, I just, had to I had to be able to move on to keep finding the joy from that pressure of um and I it was a lot of self-imposed pressure and um you know a fear of losing was really driving me and um so yeah I I found just some great friends and just ran for the love of running and you know it's it's what's driven me now for 30 years I, I suppose and before we go on and talk about joy, let's talk about some records. What are some of the records that you set? Oh, you know, back in the day, I set a lot of high school records. Almost every uh, meet that I would run in, all my, my school records, some state records. Um, yeah, and then I went on and, and ran in college. You know, I, I won the 10,000 meters for South Dakota State, which was Division Two at the time, but I won 10,000 meters in track and, you know, lots of All-Americans. You get so many opportunities with indoor and outdoor track and cross country. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, it's a long time ago. And I really like to just keep moving forward, you yeah. know, like the past was great, but I also, it, it defines who you are and it's helped me become who I am today. But um, it just means so much more what I can give the running community now with all my experience and, and understanding of how. And and when you started having uh, kids, was there a gap in your running, or are you one of those crazy people that just ran through the baby making? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm that old crazy runner that ran through the baby making. <laughs> I do you like that phrase, Nicholas? I love, yeah, the, <laughs> just wonderful. run through the baby making. Yes. The baby factory that I was, yeah, I kept on running, running through it all, and um, even with Chance, who is my fourth. I had these really great friends and they were training for a marathon. So I, I didn't run the marathon, but I did all the training with them through in the, in the heat of the summer of Iowa city. And, you know, it, 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 um, it's just, it was, it made being pregnant, I think a lot easier. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of the side effects. I think that sometimes you stop doing everything and. Yeah. It's really, uh, had an odd experience. So my, my kids were born in Japan, always Japanese. And in Japan, uh, the doctors and nurses are very strict with uh, weighing women, keeping them active, you know, keeping fat down because it makes the birthing process easier. And uh, very much the opposite of here, where a lot of doctors are like, oh, just rest and basically lay on the sofa for nine months. Um, and when we think about being a healthy human and what a woman has to do to push that baby out, um, I'm thinking the staying healthy side of things is probably the better way to go. Yeah. I, I try to tell everyone I meet, you know, keep moving, you know, the, the swollen ankles and all that really, if you can keep moving, a lot of those side effects, you know, can stay at bay and, you know, different women definitely have different, different effects from being pregnant, but I was really lucky. I really enjoyed being pregnant. I really enjoyed running through my pregnancy and got back on the road as soon as I could after after having them each one too. So Nicholas, I got a question for you. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I just have to say, I'm really curious how you're going to follow up a pregnancy conversation, getting back to the man, but I'm, I'm with <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. As I ask a 52 year old man yeah. about a pregnancy, let question, me tell you everything about this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, we've interviewed quite a few crazy people in the past, yeah. um, but I would say that Anne would hit top five, at least top 10, for being pregnant and going through the stupidity of marathon training and then not actually running the marathon. <laughs> oh my gosh, you might be right. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> that's um, dedicated. We'll use a euphemism there. That's that's dedication, that, and that's friendship. Uh, translated crazy. Yeah, translated <laughs> to, to crazy. Um, but I also, I mean, I want to I want to recognize that there's, um, you know we realize the value of recovery 
when you're already in a strong state. And I think uh, the idea of a pregnancy, I mean, that's a, that's a great example of the value going into that just body blowing moment. I have to assume Uh, (laughs) already really healthy and strong. How much easier or not easier, but you know, the impact that that's going to make positively as you come out of that. Yeah. It, you know, I was definitely seen as a, at the time, young, crazy runner, but, um, you know, people would really look at me, uh, wondering why I was out there because again, I, I was running in just usually a bra and my running shorts. So it's my belly was full out there and I was training, training hard, but, um, yeah, I mean, and you have to have a lot of energy once you become a yeah. mom. And so, uh, you know, staying in shape. And- I, I want to know the, 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 the best slash worst unsolicited advice from somebody you don't even know as you ran by them pregnant. Oh, telling me that I should get off the road. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I was going to ask the, the exact same question. You just take that with stride because there's everyone has their opinions out there. And I've always known what, what's best for me, I feel like. and Right. And you can just laugh. About Imagine it. if you've uh, got yourself healthy enough, you don't even hear the end of the question by the time you've ran by somebody who's probably not <laughs> running, telling you not to run. Yeah. And I think, you know, along with the, when running with pregnant, I was also pushing my other babies. I have five boys. And so, um, you know, I would uh, push boys in my double, my double jogger. And I had these great friends, running friends who they were just like in college. I was a little older than them, probably seven, eight years older than them. And they were still just in college and they were willing to push my single jogger while I pushed my double jogger with a couple of my kids in that. And we push it all over Iowa City, Iowa. Um, you know, that's just that running community and, and, and how helpful everyone is. And they just, they just want to be out on the roads together. That's great. I can just picture that uh, long run day showing up with two strolls and be like, hey, I need to volunteer. I can't push all the babies. Exactly. And these poor college girls pushing a jog, baby jogger. Well, and we talk about being crazy, uh, training for a marathon, you're not even going to actually run. And, you know, it's kind of come full, cir- full circle here when you have to uh, commit to training, pushing a stroller. Uh, for a baby that's not even yours. <laughs> I know, that's just it. And, you know, being 20 and pushing a baby jogger, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, and there's still, you know, there's a lot of miles between us all now. But again, those bonds of running together and sweating together, it's just, we're still great friends. And, well, and that's, let's not just skip over, uh, you have five boys. That's that's a challenge in and of itself. How many of them uh, have picked up the running bug at this point? Well, yeah, actually, my oldest son, Justice, he um, was a really good runner. He ran for Montana State in Bozeman. And then um, my other boys, they all ran cross country in high school, but um, they're, they're wrestlers. Actually, mm-hmm. my husband was a three-time national champion in wrestling. And so they've kind of gone towards that path. They're all they're all pretty good runners, but um, wrestling has really called their name. So um, I have three that wrestle in college right now, and then Dashiell is a junior, and he he wrestles at the high school here. Right. Right. So Nicholas, I don't I don't know if you were listening there, but between mom and dad, her kids' pedigree, uh, DNA pedigree uh, pool is a little bit better than, than, than we were uh, given at our birth. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't you know, quite come with that, uh, that background. I'm not sure all of mine. Mine is how much talent. I mean, I, I have some talent, but a lot of it is just trying to work harder than anyone else, yeah. you know? So, so there's definitely some talent there. I'm not going to say there's not talent, but boy, I'd say 80% of mine is just trying to outwork everyone and always running hard. And so, but they, they, they definitely do have some good genetics on their father. I, I am, I am curious because of, of where you came from uh, in your college years. Did your husband wrestle in, at Iowa, or Iowa state, one of those powerhouses? Yeah, actually, no, he wrestled. His undergrad was at South Dakota state. So that's where we met. I mean, it sounds kind of hokey, but one of the most, most the romantic oh, colleges. in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, 
I'm two years older than him actually. So I was about done with my years, but, um, yeah, so we met in the, in the weight room and, um, just, yeah, our relationship started from there. And then he went on to continue competing after college. So then we did move to Iowa city and he trained with the Hawkeye wrestling club. So that's where a lot of my boys, you know, were born and in their early years, they were raised there in Iowa city. So. It's, it was a really, really great experience. We didn't have much money. There's not a lot of money in wrestling. No. no. But just the experiences and, you know, the, the travel and, yeah, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun life. Well, you're lucky uh, Iowa's a pretty cheap place to live uh, comparatively. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So much cheaper. And South Dakota is even cheaper than that. <laughs> so luckily, I don't know if we just started in the West Coast, I probably couldn't afford five kids. Yeah. You know, we moved out here later, but, but, you know, there it's, it's easy to have a lot of kids and I, I would have continued to have kids, but Chad, Chad was done. Yeah. You have five <laughs> boys. Not enough. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Uh, so you did mention, and you, you talk about how much you love running the trails here in Oregon and uh, to kind of move in that direction just a little bit. But first I want to ask, what was your trail quote unquote experience in the Midwest. What, I mean, were you out running off pavement and, uh, you know, how does, how does that relate to what it's like here? How much corn was there? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all corn and soybeans. I mean, it's, you know, and I'm on the Eastern side of South Dakota. So, you know, just maybe 30 minutes from Minnesota, it's very flat and very windy. Um, the biggest hill in our town, honestly, was, from an old garbage dump being turned into a park. Right. That is how flat it is out there. That was our hill that we would go and, and run up and down and, and the kids would, we'd have to sled down it and things. And um, no, it was pavement pretty much. You know, you could get out on the gravel, maybe gravel roads, but they're just miles and miles of straight gravel roads. So um, anytime I would get to, we'd leave South Dakota and, you know, go, we usually went west because most of my parents families was still west I, you know just being able to run around trees or on any kind of trails was so thrilling for me and um so yeah i knew my heart was just pulling me west and there's a a, a run that you do quite often on strava i see where you're doing quite a bit of elevation up into the the hills and the trees uh kind of talk about uh some of the courses you run and some of the elevation you cover when you're out there mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, South Dakota is so flat. In fact, my college coach used to say, we don't have hills, but we have the wind. You know, like, <laughs> that's what made up the difference from hills to wind. Because really, it was so flat. And um, so when we, I moved out here, you know, hills, it really takes some learning and practice. There's running downhill, too, actually takes some, uh, you know, some learning how to run downhill. and not just having the brakes on the whole time, you know, but kind of letting yourself let go a little bit and, and just building up that strength of running uphill. I love it. And I love the higher I can go. And the more I, I like feeling like I'm the only person in the world. And, you know, once I get out, if I can get out far enough and, and the trees just bring me life, you know, it's just, it's where I feel my true joy. And, even working hard. I was thinking about that yesterday. I just did that run yesterday, you know, where I go up and visit, you know, the 450 year old tree and, you know, all that this tree has lived through, you know, we we're just little blip and coronavirus, whatever it is, it's just a teeny little blip in that tree's life. And it's just, it puts things into perspective for me. And, um, it, it, I just can't describe the joy of working hard on a trail and, you know, the roots and the rocks and your whole body and your whole mind and soul are, are absorbed, you know, in this, in the forest and your surroundings. It, it really is so spiritual for me. And I, I, I couldn't live, I couldn't be anywhere else anymore. I don't think if I wasn't, if I didn't have access to the trails and trees, it has changed my life that much. Yeah. We, we picked it up uh, almost just about this time last year and uh, really quick quickly grew to appreciate the difference in in that type of run versus you know a, a road race um so have you increased 
uh, you know, what are some of the distances that you're running when you're getting out on the trails? It's awful hard to do like a quick 5k up in the hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, my runs end up being anywhere from, you know, four and a half probably to, to 10 miles. And, um, in, in the fall, I help coach the high school cross country team. I'm just a volunteer, but I love it. And our high school is situated right, you know, just at the foot of these hills and the head coach Tyler Bushnell is amazing and he's really all about keeping it fun and going and training hard out on the trails and you know playing a lot of games and you know I just the joy of being able to share running and help people like realize how it's life altering um, has been so fun for me I've I've actually helped coach cross country for like 12 years now I started back when Justice my oldest was in middle school and and help have helped, you know, coach cross country ever since because it's just so near and dear to my heart. And I just I want everyone to feel the joy and the empowerment that, you know, running and getting strong and and from the start of a cross country season till the end, how much those kids can grow and change and, and get stronger and faster and more confident. It's you know, it, it just makes me feel so blessed to be able to be a part of the of kids going through that process. So I had one question, uh, and it's kind of bringing, um, you running through your pregnancies, uh, also with your coaching. And one of my big areas of interest right now is how, you know, exercise, especially running creates not only physical resilience, but, but mental resilience, uh, to keep us both physically and mentally healthy. And I'm wondering if you had, uh, being around the kids, um, had any just ob- observing how being on cost current country has kind of helped these kids deal with a lot of the stress of the pandemic and, and everything that's going on around them. Oh, for sure. I mean, you just see it every single kid. And, you know, the one thing I have really loved about Oregon high school cross country is a ton of kids go out and it doesn't matter what how fast or how slow they are or what their body shape is. I mean, you see all types of kids going out for cross country. I'd say in the Midwest, it's a little more refined than that. You know, only a handful of kids go out and they're usually, you know, pretty slim. And, um, but, but out here, it's like, just kids just go out. And, and so it's been so fun. And, you know, to, especially when those, when they can get out onto the trails and, and just, like, you know, like all of us being able to release and all the stresses of their, of their day, especially when you've added in the, the COVID. Um, yeah, it's, it's been so fun to hear them talk. And, you know, like we all do when we're out on runs, they get to just talk about it. And, and in so many situations, kids were shut in, you know, with COVID and not able to talk to each other. So for everyone to be able to go out and talk and you know, let their feelings out. And while you're also physically letting, you know, your steam out and yeah, it, it, it really changed their lives. And, you know, I know with my boys with wrestling too, just being able to move their bodies and being around other, their teammates, it's made all the difference for them and how they've been able to cope getting through COVID for sure. So how has being a coach uh, to these kids in this moment, how has that influenced uh, who you are as a runner? You know, I think it's just made me appreciate running and how important it is to share it, you know, your love and passion with the upcoming generation or, or even people my own age, you know, anyone that I can get to and go out and share the how running can change your life. Um, yeah, it's, it's just made me appreciate and love what I have and what I'm I can do and, and hopefully can help others feel that, that same way. I know, you know, there's a lot of people that need to find joy in their lives right now and, and, you know, running with friends and just getting out there and moving your body and yeah, coaching. It's just been life changing seeing these, how kids can transform themselves and, and how it helps them in the person that they, that they're becoming, you know, especially those teenage years, they're such forming years. and um to see what running can do for them and, you know, with their confidence. and So a uh, slightly different note, sometimes I hopefully at the beginning of the season, sometimes you get to uh, 
kick their ass on the trail going up? Does that happen sometimes? And does that still, does that feel a little good? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It does. I mean, it's like, um, you know, I'm old, but I can, I still run, I run hard and I'm competitive. And so, you know, it's, that's the great thing about coaching cross country is you get to not just standing on the sidelines, you know, you're out there in the trenches with these kids and pushing. And I had a high school coach who would get on the track and run, you know, the 400s and stuff with us. And it's just, it means so much. I, it meant a lot to me as an athlete, you know, for a coach to tell you what to do, but they're out there doing it as well. And um, so that's the kind of coach, you know, all of us coaches at, at Crescent Valley are, we're all out there doing the workouts and running the runs and I don't hold back. And um, they usually, by the end of the season, they've definitely, you know, have caught up to me for sure. A, a lot of them. And, but it's fun. It's fun pushing myself and it's fun pushing those kids, you know, right alongside of them. Yeah. I think it's fun for kids that age to uh, um, kind of uh, show them that they're not quite where they can be by getting beaten <laughs> by, by an old person. And it gives it lights a little fire under their ass to, to work. Yeah, for sure. It's also, yeah, it's, it's also very humbling for me too, because I, you know, at 51 now, I, I won't be faster than I was in college or, or whatever, you know, like, so it, it really pushes me too actually to, to keep, I, I, I run really hard when I'm, when I'm doing those workouts. Yeah, I can imagine. So it works both yeah. ways be a great reminder uh you know i'm watching them get faster through the season and (laughs) watching myself get a little bit slower every day (laughs) (laughs) i know Uh, that's part of the fun yeah but it is yeah it's rewarding too to see how far those kids can come and you know with their youth and their energy and now do you have races trail races any uh, structured organized runs that you you participate in is there any interest in that going in that direction I mean I would probably do some trail races but I you know just with my with my running now I I don't want to feel like I have to go running if my body's telling me no but I know I have a race coming up but like I I did I ran the Twin Cities Marathon back in 2007 and I haven't raced a whole lot really since then. Like I said, I train hard too. I really, you know, I'm running all those cross country workouts, but I, I just, I love the training and I really love pushing my body hard, but I like to be able to listen to my body. And if it says don't run for a while, that it's a lot easier to listen mm-hmm. if there's not something that I'm, that I'm training and racing for. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, It'd have to be just the right situation where, you know, like I said, like I didn't feel a lot of pressure and I just go out and have fun, but that's really hard for me because I'm really competitive. So, so I don't know. I just, I love running now and I just love to go out and do the run. I, I already, I know I'm fast and I, I'm just happy now, you know, finding the joy in, in being outside and running hard. Do you have any to want to do some longer trails even if it's not a uh a a real uh race per se you know for example like nicholas and i have talked about we feel that pull of maybe wanting to do the timberline trail around mount hood that's like 42 miles and stuff do you feel those pulls no actually yes i really really do where like i said there's not the stress of a race where but you're just out there running and running and running and running i i you guys go on that give me a call. I'll, I'll, I just need partners to do it with, honestly. Okay. Well, that would be good because we need someone fast that can uh, run for the rescue team when yes. one of us falls down and can't go any further. I, don't you think it'd be fun too to run like the, the um, Oregon Coast Trail or oh, the Pacific yeah. Crest Trail, you know, totally. and just kind of take it a long run, you know, maybe 20 some miles every day and mm-hmm. stop in camp and just keep, like I want to do speed Pacific Crest Trail. Nice. Yeah. And you guys have that new trail from Corvallis out to the coast that just opened. Yes. Sea to sea, it's called. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know yeah. about that? Yeah. Tell, tell Nicholas all yeah, about it. Yeah, I want to hear this. Yeah. The first C is the letter C, standing for Corvallis, and then C to C-S-E-A. So it starts in Corvallis. And, you know, there are some 
maybe forced roads and things, but it also tries to involve some single track trail and yeah. And it goes from here into to Newport from about. Does it incorporate uh, Mary's Peak? You know what? I am not exactly sure. I, I believe I don't it, know if it goes up and over it, but. But it definitely it, goes around it. I think I, I remember reading it, yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those yeah. not in the know, and I'm not sure, I've just assumed you've probably explored it, but Mary's Peak is one of the coolest places out on the West Coast. It is amazing. Yeah, it is a great, it's a, it's a really fun place to go, but you need to be prepared for the weather because yes. it has its own weather yes, it there. For sure. So how far is the, the sea to sea? That's what, probably 45 miles, 50 miles? Yeah, I'm not sure. That is, it's something like that, yeah. We might have to do like an OCR ad hoc sea to sea relay. Actually, yeah, yeah they should. Or we should just, we should just do it. Run, spend the night, you guys should, run. Because it's only you really should two 25-mile days. That'd be great. Do that, well, but you should come here and and we'll go run out in the in the Mac Forest and we'll we'll do like it. a home and home series. We'll do the Timberline Trail outside of our yep. in our backyard, and then we'll do the sea to sea in your backyard. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Now, the um, you said splitting that into two days. Um, I I think that's at least a minimum. With the, uh, the, the, the beer replenishment between the two somewhere. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We'll need someone to drive the van also to meet us, meet us at the, uh, the replenishing station. That's right. I mean, we're not, we're yeah. not going to tent this whole thing. I mean, it's we're not crazy, crazy. Oh, wait, I, no, I have an RV. We can use my RV. Well, he's got oh, a, nice. oh great. We've got a whole system. Yeah. We got, yeah. we got tents. We got RVs. My sister has an RV. <laughs> Okay. I have gone on a lot of RV trips with your sister. Nice. Okay. So we'll, there'll be like beer, movie, the we'll, the whole shebang at the uh, at the stopping off point. Yeah, we're too old to rough it too yeah. much. Yeah. Again, we need to have we have, we have thresholds. What is this tent like thing. It? Yeah. Minimum minimum thresholds. Well, I think that sounds like uh, a great idea. I would love to to run those trails. Yeah, I would love to have you guys swing by. Are you? So we actually have a couple spots open in our hood to coast one day relay vans. Are you, do you have any interest in doing like a local one day relay? I would actually do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll hit you up. It's basically two five mile runs split up and then uh, beer. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) one that we've already done the windy river, um, beautiful views of the North side of Mount hood and then across um, is that Mount Adams that we get uh, on the Washington? And then the, I don't know. Yeah. Mount something or other. We should know. <laughs> I don't know. It's in Washington. But the, uh, the <laughs> second one is, uh, the Seabrook and that's from Newburgh to the Pacific city. It goes to, the... uh, well, I think the town of Seabrook, I think there's a oh, town named Seabrook. Seabrook. So that would it's re- be yeah. apropos. Yeah. I think about that. ahead. Uh, which is fun. Uh, I think that'd be a great one too, that through the wine country down there. Oh yeah. I mean, you could run in Oregon just for years and years and hit all those different places. I, I'm so excited to see as much of Oregon trails as I can. So uh, I have one question uh, before we uh, let you go, and it's about coaching. So since you're an official coach and we are officially old, what would be some techniques that uh, you guys use in your co- for the cross country team that we could incorporate into our own runs to help with our our speed and our our goals to hit our PRs and and uh, going forward. You know, I am. I think a lot can be concentrating on good form once you get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the coaches really. You know, we we have a lot of emphasis on trying to maintain your form when you get tired and. I, I hate to say it, but it's probably speed work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's speed works hard and it's, it's a whole different kind of running, but I think that can really up your running game quickly. If you can, if you can go out and run some hard repeats, but you got to have a good partner to do it with because yeah. it can be really hard to make yourself do it by yourself. Yeah. But... It sucks. Mm-hmm. It's painful. I did, uh, used incorporated the team member that isn't quite the same type of runner. So my wife was doing a walking around the, the track and after 200 meters, I would take off running and would have to catch her before 
we got hey. to the next 200 meters and then walked. Yeah, to anything that so worked. So that was. Uh, That's actually a really that, smart. That, that worked out pretty well. And it was harder to catch her than I thought. <laughs> I had to do 600 <laughs> meters to her 200. And uh, it was working on that. Uh, I want to yeah, dig in a little bit. I want to know about what sort of gear you like to run in. What are the shoes that you're putting on? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm a Brooks Ghost girl. Okay. I, and I wear them on the trails. Oh. And I, all I want Brooks to do is to just make a ghost with just a little bit more traction on the bottom and maybe a little bit tougher around the edges because I tear out of mine fast. Yeah. Like, 250 250 to 300 miles and i'm getting a new pair of ghosts but i love them yeah have, and i and i run so much on the trails that they're i don't want added i love that they're lightweight mm-hmm. you know i just want them to have a little better traction um have you tried brooks just came out with a new trail running shoe that's built for speed and um it i'm just looking it up here and it's i believe somewhat in that vein um the is it it's either the divide or the catamount i believe it's the catamount oh, yeah, yeah that's I've it, actually catamount. seen that too yeah so um it that's kind of what it's made for so um that might be uh something that might be my at. next shoe yeah yeah i got the new cascadias and they're they're beautiful oh you were the cascadias well we were wearing the call was it the caldera? The caldera, yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, yeah, which is oh, a great shoe, okay. also. But uh, mm. the Cascadia's just got a little bit. Um, it's just a little bit different, so I'm gonna give it a try. I, I like to try new shit, so yeah. I just... He's he's crazy that way. Well, what about the Brooks? What about the Hyperions for oh. Brooks? Have you guys tried those? I I, have, I was just reading about. Them. I've that's the one with the um the the carbon fiber in them, right? Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, so I I tried those on. Um, and they didn't quite fit my feet. I have a pretty big toe box and they have a really small toe box, which is weird because Brooks usually has a pretty good toe box. So yeah, that um, is, I, I like the wide toe box. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to love them, but I didn't, but maybe they have a wide version. I'll check out and see. <laughs> and I, uh, have actually switched my, um, golf shoes out and now use my Calderas when I'm out golfing really? as well. Uh, cause they're comfortable. They've got just as much grip. They're meant for that, uh, sort of distance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, versatile, they look versatile shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been loving my, I've been wearing Brooks now for a lot of years. I love them. How about, uh, watches and, and things like that? Oh, you guys, I, all I, I was given an Apple watch, like my mom a few years ago. And that's, and that's what I use. And I hear you guys talk about heart rate a lot. And so I, mine does keep track of my heart rate. I don't know exactly how accurate it is, but this could be a whole new podcast for us because I am so intrigued to hear you guys and all your heart rate knowledge because <laughs> my heart rate, I feel like is, is out crazy high. And when I, when I'm running and I hear you guys talk about keeping it, you know, 140, but I mean, mine's been up to 207. I, I have a, I would be dead. A lot of, I would die at 207. I, know, I, I would be dead. Okay, I did feel about dead <laughs> that time when it did reach that. But um, yeah, running up those hills, my heart rate goes really high, and I'm and now after listening to your podcast, I'm, I wonder. Well, I think I think a couple things. So I I run with uh my Garmin, and I I my gut feeling is that the Garmin wrist heart rate is one of the more accurate ones. But I do notice when my watch is loose at all, it has my heart rate way up over what it really is. So there's a good chance that I think your watch could just not be giving you an accurate heart rate, especially if it's a little loose on your wrist. Um, but Nicholas, is it the polar strap that works with the Apple watch? Uh, it does. I, I haven't been able to really dial in, uh, in between the polar and the Apple watch. Yeah. What I yeah. felt was a consistent, accurate ish okay. heart rate. Um, yeah. I wear my Apple watch. I've tried both a little, my, you know, Loose as I normally wear it during the day, and then one notch tighter. Didn't see any real improvement. No and yeah. uh, I got a, a Series Three, so maybe it's this. It's a little older, but 
you know, I've got my. I think that's mine. I think mine is the same. Yeah, and, well. and I've got a stride pod that's Bluetoothing to the watch, and then I would have my heart rate. And if I had my head, you got a lot going on. It was just like the watch. Like oh, that's too much shit. I can't. I can't <laughs> handle this. And so, yeah. Uh, I my my next step is I'm almost going to. Actually, not almost. I'm going to pull the watch out of the equation so I can use the pod on my phone and go back to the heart rate monitor and see if that um, gives it a little more act. I mean, I'll have stretches of two or three minutes where it's just flat lines at a certain rate. And I'm like, okay, I know I didn't run at, you know, 90 beats per minute during that stretch for four minutes. That just didn't happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think, I, I do think to, so I wear, I wear my heart rate strap, my chest strap, um, maybe about a third of the time I'm doing my slow runs just to make sure I'm in the zone. And I think to really be accurate and dedicated towards that, to that heart rate training, I think you do need to have the strap because I think that's the only way to get really accurate with it and to really know for sure what's going on. Um, but it is not the most comfortable thing. for Yeah. Me. Let me say, I, I agree. It's most accurate, yeah. but I hated wearing it. Didn't like yeah. it at all. So, and that's one of the reasons why I, uh, you know, it, you know, we're training for very different purposes, uh, you know, trying to get into a specific distance readiness. And, um, I just think that the, uh, that stride pod is what's more effective for me because it just, it doesn't pin me down to my heart rate, which I just don't know how to properly and accurately measure. Well, when you use the wrong watch, it is harder. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm very intrigued with, with my own heart rate too, but I, uh, I just think it's an interesting tool and I, I like to see how as elevation rises, what my, how my heart reacts and, and, um, but yeah, I'll get those straight lines too for a while. Where I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's right, but I wear my watch pretty darn tight along around yeah. my wrist when I'm running. The but, tightest, it's as tight but as like the mine, Mine's old yeah. too. Yeah. But those yeah. pills will make your heart rate spike so easy. Yeah. But it would be yeah. nice to be able to say, and this is this is the part that I want to get to. I want to be able to be on that hill or in that moment and feel my heart rate and know just by the feeling what that translates to in actual numbers. And the only way to do that is to go back on my, you know, the pod afterwards and look at it. And if it's a straight line, I'm like, well, shit, I don't know. I, I felt strong. Yeah. I knew my heart rate was up. I want to know how to correlate that between what I can do for the rest of the run. And I can't because it's just, there's worthless data. Yeah. I, I like seeing too how quickly it goes back down, you know, after you run hard up a hill and then you, how quickly it recovers after, after the, the hill that I've run. But yeah, I, I'm interested. I feel like I can learn a lot from you guys about heart rate and training and yeah, well the heart rate, and we've just learned just from reading and doing the RCAA coaching certification and stuff. Like it's pretty basic stuff, but uh, it's pretty interesting once you get into it. Right. And the real downside to these, you know, inaccurate data points is I, I, I can't put them in a spreadsheet. <laughs> Nicholas has issues. Worthless, worthless data. That doesn't make yeah. a very the good other graph flatline for four minutes. The other day, I got three emails from Nicholas, and all of them were spreadsheets. Beautiful spreadsheets, by the way. I need some. I, I need someone like that in my life. <laughs> actually, Nicholas, I could really use that. Oh, well, I like it. It you know, it helps me to go back and see where I'm progressing uh, from. And you know, there are times when you get lost in, you know, you you're injured or you haven't been able to get out and run, and it's it is actually strangely motivational for me to be able to see these and go, okay, you know, it's. I know I can get back to that point. I was there. Uh, I actually saw where I didn't run this race very well, and I can see my training was poor. So I just, you know, I can I can reflect on that. Um, and then, you know, it feeds an OCD aspect of my personality as well. <laughs> A small one. Hey, yeah. And, you know, we're learning creatures. It's all about as keep on learning and become trying to become the best ourselves that we can, that we can be. And, any tool, man, that can help at this, at this That's right. point. That's right. Well, I would That's imagine right. having to run away from five boys would have kept my activity level up pretty high. <laughs> You're running after. I'm not sure. Sometimes it was away from and sometimes it was <laughs> trying to catch them. 
Well, and we can't thank you enough for such a fun conversation and uh, so positive. Um, someone that's crazy enough to run through five pregnancies is always welcome into the OCR family. And uh, again, just thank you. Well, I, I'm honored and humbled to be on your podcast, really. I, you guys have, you're doing something so great and the way you share it is enjoy, so fun to listen to and you've had some really great people on. So I'm, I'm honored to be one of those. Thanks for having me. So I just have to say, um, it, <laughs> pushing a stroller, that has never, ever been any, that would be my reason not to run ever again is I have to push a stroller. And yet here we are, <laughs> uh, yet another person, not a, not a hindrance, more than happy to go. Yeah. Not only that, volunteers to push her other kids in the strollers as well. Because well. she's showing up with two strollers. One's a yeah. double. <laughs> I hope that for everybody out there listening, you get the same sort of inspiration that uh, we get in talking with somebody that's just alongside us for the ride and has found a love and a passion for going out there and running. And for all the same reasons that make us get out there and want to continue to explore and, and progress. And not only that, but she loves running so much that she's now volunteering as a coach for the local high school cross country team and seeing how much joy that brings her to give the gift of running to a new generation. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so important to have those sorts of inspirations at that point in your life, especially not just somebody that's encouraging you to do something that you may not think you can, but somebody that's showing you that you can do something that you might not think you can do, and then you go out and get it done. It's really, really an uplifting moment. And if you're a member of the OCR Strava Run Club, Anne is in there, and you can check out the runs she does and the paces she's doing going up those mountains, uh, you're going to love it. Yeah, I'm excited to get out there and run with her, and I'm also actually more scared. Yeah, running with her is probably not what we'll be doing. We'll be running behind her. Okay. Well, it'll be a fun time uh, no matter what. And I'm excited to get out there and hang out with her. It was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Thank you, Ann. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends how much you love listening in. And be sure to go by Strava and join the Old Crazy Runners Podcast Run Club because that's where all us old crazies hang out and that's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, keep putting in the miles, and keep being old crazy runners.